It's time to take a look around the NFL with our weekly visit from John McClain from the Houston Chronicle. I need to see a dog make a play. No puppies. I need a dog to make a play. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. And John McClain is on the phone lines right now from the Houston Chronicle, and you can find him on Twitter, at McClain underscore on underscore NFL. John, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate you. Week 10 is in the books. Uh, the Rams got beat pretty bad by the 49ers. The Rams just signed Odell Beckham Jr., and we all think that, hey, they have a good shot at playing in the final game of the year in uh, SoFi Stadium at the Super Bowl, but didn't look too good, and now they're on a two-game losing streak. What do you think about the Rams, the new-look Rams with uh, Odell Beckham Jr.? Not much. The um, what we saw about the Rams, it was right before. Let's see, they beat, they beat the Lions and the Texans in back-to-back weekends. Then they hosted the Titans without running back Derrick Henry, injured out for the year. Everybody, including me, thought the Rams would win at SoFi Stadium uh, against them, and they went out there and beat them up. And that was stunning for everybody. Okay, then they're going to San Francisco, Santa Clara, which is 45 miles away. (laughs) And all of a sudden, they go out there. The 49ers are 0-4 at home this season. So you expect, okay, the Rams are going to bounce back. They're jacked up to have OBJ out there with them. Even though he hadn't practiced much, he'll play, and they'll be really fired up. And for the second game in a row, they were beaten up physically. And the 49ers did it defensively. They did it with their running game. The Titans did it defensively because they no longer have a running game. And if you are a Rams fan, you got to be worried. You know, it's one thing if you lose a game and it goes down to the wire or somebody makes a big play. But when you get physically beaten up, and you score, uh, you score, what was, I mean, I can't remember what they scored. Not much. They only had six, <laughs> 16 points against Tennessee. You know, you got to be worried about that. Now they got to play Green Bay. Then they catch a break with Jacksonville. Then they go to Arizona. Kyler Murray's going to be back. Play Seattle. Russell Wilson's back. Then they got consecutive road games against the Vikings and Ravens before they finish and home against the 49ers, that's kind of scary. Right. It is very scary if you're a Rams fan. Now, Arizona, I think Arizona would not be in a situation it's in right now if Kyler Murray were, uh, had been healthy. And that just goes to show you, Q, you've got to keep your players healthy, especially your quarterbacks. Now, the Titans can overcome the loss of Derrick Henry, your best running back in the NFL because Ryan Tannehill, the quarterback, and is playing well, has five touchdowns rushing, which is more than the Texans, the team I cover. And then uh, their defense is playing better than any time since Mike Rabel got there in 2018. So people ask me today, do I think Titans going to go to the Super Bowl? I said, I don't know if they can do it without Derrick Henry. And if I look at what happened this past weekend, the team that blows me away the most is Cincinnati. I mean, right. I'm sorry, Kansas City. Okay. And what they did to the Raiders, because that's the Kansas City team we've been expecting all season, and we haven't seen it except in this game. Patrick Mahomes looked like the Super Bowl-winning quarterback that he is with five touchdowns and 400 yards passing. And if the Chiefs 
continue to play anywhere close to the way they played against the Raiders, they're going to be right there causing problems for a lot of teams in January. Yeah, and that was, you know, something that I think a lot of uh, Raider fans and I think a lot of people in the NFL, you know, were waiting for that that shoe to drop and the Chiefs to start looking like the team that they were. And, and, and look, they went out there and they blasted the Raiders on a Sunday night on national TV. Do you think that that was more of, hey, this team is back to who they were? Or do you think that was just a bad, terrible performance by the Raiders? Well, it's obviously a bad, terrible performance by the Raiders. And, you know, they, they were – they're looking so good overcoming the loss of John Gruden. And then they had the off the field, more off the field issues. Now they've lost two in a row. There's no shame in losing the Chiefs, even though, but getting bombarded like that at home, yes. That giant loss seems to have created the tailspin. Now they get the Bengals coming off a of bye week. Mm-hmm. Then they got at Dallas and uh, home game Washington, then at Kansas City, so Dallas and Kansas City, two out of three weeks on the road, that's going to be very tough. Fortunately for the Raiders, if they somehow turn it around, they'll be right there because the division is so, everybody seems to be close to equal. Mm -hmm. But what they don't want, of course, is for the Chiefs to continue what they just did against them. And the Chiefs now, you know, they got... In fact, I'm looking at their schedule. Three consecutive home games against Dallas, Denver, and Las Vegas. But they played three of the last four on the road at the Chargers, at Bengals, at Broncos. And the home game of three of the last four is the Steelers, as they could be heading down to the end of the Ben Roethlisberger era. But it's still it's still wide open queue, no dominant team, really. On a, in either conference, and that just makes it that much more interesting and exciting. It really does. We're talking right now with John McClain from the Houston Chronicle on Twitter, at McClain underscore on underscore NFL. And sticking with the AFC, John, one of the things I've been saying and trying to reiterate is the fact that the Raiders, even though they lost that game to Kansas City, six of their final eight games are all AFC games. I mean, you mentioned the two, you know, uh, Washington football team and the Cowboys. Those two are back-to-back, but their final five games are all AFC conference. I mean, those those are difference makers right there, and that could, if they can get on a roll, get them into at least the wild-card spot, even if Kansas City's playing well. One of the things they got to do better, and I know this is no secret to anybody in Raider Nation, they got to run the ball better. Yes. You know, it's when your leading rusher has 296 yards and averages 3.7 yards of carry, you got to do better. Makes you wonder if that rebuild of the offensive line has worked the way they want it. You know, it's not fair to have all that pressure on Derek Carr without a running game. And and the thing about having all those games playing in the AFC. You know, if I look at their schedule, and I say, okay, they go to the Chiefs, then they go to the Browns. The Browns have become a big disappointment, mainly because of injuries, mm-hmm. uh, mainly on offense, but some t- some in their secondary. And there's nothing special about the Broncos, which they showed. The inconsistency is maddening for Bronco fans. And, they, you know, they go to Indy. Indy's 5-5, five and five, but they've beaten, like, they have beaten five teams beginning with Miami and ending with Jacksonville that are have losing records. None of them right. are even 500. So that's a game that they might have to win. And closing against the Chargers, that game's got to mean something, I would right. think, for both teams. And if you're a fan of the Raiders, you better hope it means a playoff berth. 
Right, exactly. It's a home game, too. It's the final game of the season. I mean, everything, the, the stars align. It really does. But I felt that way Sunday night when uh, they took the field against Kansas City, and we all saw how that shook out. And, John, on Friday we found out that, uh, and I asked you about this before, John Gruden, in fact, is suing the NFL. Uh, and we didn't know if he was going to do it or not. He, he, in fact, is. What do you think the end goal is for John Gruden in this lawsuit? I'm guessing that John knows his coaching career is over, his broadcasting career is over, at least at the NFL level, so why not? It's not like he needs the money, but it's a a parting shot, so to speak. And I'm sure he feels like somebody was out to get him, and they were. Mm -hmm. It's obvious somebody was out to get John Gruden. He probably has an idea of who it is. A lot of people speculate it's Dan Snyder, and I have no clue who it is, but when they, if it gets far enough for the discovery process before a trial, that's going to be very interesting when you get both sides under oath. And uh, I don't know how far it's going to go, how long it's going to go, but if it ever gets to that point, it's going to be intriguing. Yeah, it really will, and I think everyone wants to know who the source of the leaks were and, and all that good stuff, all the, the leaks of the emails and all that, want to know uh, all the answers. And who knows if we ever get them or not, but it should be very interesting. Again, we're talking with John McClain from the Houston Chronicle. and just got a couple more questions for you. Uh, it was announced today that uh, the Pro Bowl tickets, they go on sale. The Pro Bowl is going to be here in Las Vegas. It's been in Hawaii. It's been in Orlando. How, how do you think it's going to be embraced in Las Vegas? Well, first of all, I went to the Pro Bowl in Hawaii 12 years until we ran out of money. And they said, you can't keep going to the Pro Bowl every year. And I said, damn. And uh, I went. I didn't go, had no interest in going to Orlando. And if I were still covering the Pro Bowl and I was going to go anywhere but Hawaii, it would be in Las Vegas. And you know the NFL will promote it like crazy. You don't need to promote the draft. Right. But the Pro Bowl, you better, because really, who cares about watching the actual game? It's the build-up to it. One of the reasons I like going every year, Q, was you had great access to players, coaches. A lot of players were brought out there by the league to make appearances. Paul Tagliabue used to come to the media room and pop his seat up, pop his feet up on a table with his Hawaiian shirt, he was so relaxed. <laughs> it was a great time to get interviews, get to make uh, acquaintances and friends. So I think if there's anywhere it's going to go over big, it's going to be right there in Las Vegas. Well, now you just got me intrigued to want to be here for it. <laughs> I know it's the week before the Super you Bowl. You better be there for it. <laughs> I mean, where the heck else are you going to be? No, that's right. That's right. You know you got to head down to L.A. It's, uh, you know, the, the Super Bowl is the next week, so you got Radio Row, and I'm planning on being there for that too. But, uh, yeah, definitely going to hang out for the Pro Bowl and, and do that. That's going to be a lot of fun. And, John, I just got a text message on our, our Sam and Ash text line. said, how do you think the John Gruden lawsuit will affect the league's treatment of the Raiders? What are your thoughts on that? Anybody that's been a Raider fan for a long time knows that the Raiders have not gotten the same treatment as everybody else. It goes back to Al Davis suing Pete Rozelle all the time. The officials always ruling against the Raiders. Al Davis used to go ballistic in press boxes. You could hear him down there slamming his fist down on tables, and everybody knew, man, the sparks were flying. Stay away from Al. And so I think this, since John is not a member of the Raiders 
and he's suing, it's not something that will be taken out on them as a team. That makes sense. That makes sense. And I, I know I've had a lot of people uh, ask me that as well. So, uh, yeah, that, that makes total sense right there. Talking with John McClain from the Houston Chronicle, my man DeMond in the home studio has a question for you. So, John, do you think Aaron Rodgers got favorable treatment from the league? <laughs> oh, my God. If he'd have been a quarterback for the Raiders or the Patriots, what would have happened to him? I don't think he'd gone to jail, but he'd have been suspended. I think it's absolutely preposterous the way he didn't get a slap on the wrist. He got a tap on the wrist. Guys get fined more for uniform violations than Aaron Rodgers did for putting a lot of people at risk and violating every health protocol the union and the players agreed on. It's like Rod, It's like whoever made that decision is worried that uh, they've got they somehow they they email Bruce Allen and they're afraid it's going to be late if they came down hard on Rodgers. That's the only thing I can think about. But uh, it's just preposterous. You suspend Brady for four games for letting some air out of footballs, and you don't do squat for Aaron Rodgers. Demond, I got a statistic for you. Hopefully, it'll let you sleep well Saturday night. <laughs> This is the the Texans have not scored a touchdown on the road since September 19th at Cleveland. This will be if the Titans can do it five games in a row in which the Texans have not scored a touchdown on the road. The question isn't can they beat the Titans. The question here is can they actually score a touchdown? <laughs> wow, there you I go, like those odds. Yeah, <laughs> I am going to sleep like a baby. Thank you. John, you You're just welcome. became you just became Demond's favorite person. <laughs> yeah, he was losing me a little bit at the start. You know, he was losing me a little bit at the start when he was just like, "Ah, Kansas City." He was hyping up Tennessee a little bit, well, but then you know, cut him back down a little bit. But you know, I'm, I'm back up. I'm back up. <laughs> That's great. I love it, John. Before we let you go, Cam Newton he uh, he made his uh, return to the NFL and returned to Carolina and scored two touchdowns, one running and one throwing. What did you think about that re- reuniting there in Carolina with Matt Rule? Two days of practice, lots of meetings, and as he said, I'm back, <laughs> and I think it was great. I think it was great for the Panthers. They're now 5-5. Five and five. You know, maybe his performance down the stretch will get him a job there. You can't, I can't imagine they'd want to move ahead with Sam Darnold as bad as he became after that fast start. Now he's on injured reserve, but it's a great story at a time when the NFL is looking for good, feel-good stories after all the bad news that's happened off the field to the Raiders more than any team, and that is a feel-good story that Cam Newton went from eating cereal in his house to scoring two touchdowns in a decisive victory over the Cardinals. Right, absolutely. I was happy for Cam. I really was, and happy for Carolina Panther fans because that was a guy that they obviously, you know how much Carolina Panther fans love Cam Newton, so that was really cool to see that happen. Who knows where it goes from here, but at least they are having that feel-good moment, like you said. John, what do you have coming out on Texas Sports Nation that uh, NFL fans, Texans fans, Raider fans, whoever could be on the lookout for? I'm doing one column on who is hurt worse, the Titans without Derrick Henry, the Texans without Deshaun Watson. Both of those players have played great against the other team. And then I've got another one I'm working on about since Mike Vrabel left Houston, the Titans now have the best record in the AFC. The Texans have the worst record in the AFC, and they've gone straight down the toilet.
<laughs> nice. I love it. Well, John, thank you so much. I always appreciate catching up with you each and every week. You always give us some great stuff to digest and talk about, and uh, we appreciate you. We'll talk to you next week. Cube DeMond, it's my pleasure. Thank you guys for having me. I always appreciate it. Absolutely. There he goes. John McClain, the general from the Houston Chronicle. You can find him on Twitter at McClain underscore on underscore NFL. And I'll tell you, man, it's such a blessing to be able to have a dude that has covered the league as long as he has and knows exactly what he's talking about. It kind of knows the ins and outs of how everything works. Uh, it helps educate a guy like me who's just, uh, you know, just trying to soak up as much knowledge as possible. And hopefully you enjoyed that conversation as well. 316 is the time. We're live at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. That's Raiders HQ. Uh, we're going to come on back and hear from you, Raider Nation. What are your thoughts? How are you feeling? Got some text messages. Got some calls that we'll get to. 702-365-9200. This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Give me your best. Hey, Raider Nation, this is Hall of Famer Marcus Allen, and you're listening to Raider Nation Radio 920. <laughs> hey, Raider, hey Raider Nation, this is Marcus Allen. You listen to Radio Station 920. Say Raider Nation Radio 920. Raider Nation Radio Station 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. 321 is the time here on Raider Nation Radio 920. <laughs> Coming up at 3.30, Silverado head football coach Andy Osalaza got a big game for a state championship game going up against Shadow Ridge Thursday at Legion Stadium, 3.40. Got hit up by Fabian earlier today and asked, is that state championship game, are those games going to be played on the grass or the turf at Allegiant Stadium? And without asking anybody, 99.9% sure it's going to be turf. I do not believe the Raiders are going to allow three, four, five state championship games to be played on grass. I just don't see. I mean, that's just what you want to talk about tearing up the field. I just don't see that uh, happening. And with the game on Sunday? Right. That's what I'm saying. I don't see that happening. So uh, my my uh, my smart self, my spidey senses tell me that's going to happen on the turf. And, and when I was always at uh, AT&T Stadium for the state championship games in Texas, and I'm telling you, like that is nothing to shake a stick at. That is such an experience for those young men out there and the coaches. It's such an experience. The fans love going out there. Uh, hell, I enjoyed it. You know, I was doing sidelines, and I went out to the middle of the field with the mic for the coin toss, and my buddy was in the stands, and he looked up at the big screen there in Jerry's World, and it was just me. It was a big old picture of me up on the screen. So he, he took a quick picture real quick and sent it to me. I was like, dude, that's, that's big time right there. And, I mean, it's just it's a hell of a feeling. And I've, I've said it millions of times, and if anyone from the Raiders is listening, I, you're guaranteed to miss a shot you don't take. I would love to do sideline reporting. One of my goals in life is to do sidelines for the Raiders. That would be awesome, just to be the sideline reporter on the broadcast. And again, I'm saying it in the building because if someone's hearing it, I'm down. Your boy can hold it down. Great at sidelines. Just saying. You might get stopped on your way out the door today. Who knows? That's okay. That's okay. They stopped me on the way out the door. They At least they're talking to me. <laughs> Hell, I'm in the door. I got to make some noise while I'm here, right? Well, that's what I'm saying. You might get the, hey, Q, come upstairs. Let's talk about this some more talk. Who oh, knows? yeah, maybe. Maybe. I, hey, you know, like I said, you're guaranteed to miss a shot you don't take. A close mouth, a close mouth don't get fed. My mouth, as we all very well know, ain't ever closed. I'm sleeping, I'm talking. So that, that's, that's what that is. But uh, that's, a, that's a great experience. So for all those teams that are going to have the opportunity on Thursday to play those state championship games in that stadium, man, soak that in. I know the goal is to win the game and take home the state championship. I get it. 
but soak in that opportunity. It's not everybody that gets to play on that field. And I say the same thing for UNLV players. They get to make that their field every single home game. Soak that in. Everyone doesn't get that opportunity. That's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, I kind of wish that we had a, 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 I don't know, I wish I had done some forward thinking and I just set it up so we can do our radio show from there on, on Thursday and just monitor the games and be there just all day bunkered down in one of the booths. But that was my fault. I didn't, I didn't get on it quick enough. So my bad. We'll, we'll think about it next time moving forward. That would be a hell of a thing for us to do. And uh, it's been done before, so I know that we can do it. Again, Silverado head football coach Andy Ostalaza is going to join us at 3.30 to talk about that game coming up on Thursday. But right now, I want to hear from you. We've had a fantastic show. We heard from Shadow Ridge head football coach Travis Foster. We heard from former Raider safety Van McElroy. We just heard from uh, John McClain from the Houston Chronicle in the last segment. But I do want to hear from you. 702-365-9200. One of my favorite guys to listen to, Fargo Raider. What's on your mind? Welcome to the show, my man. Hey, thank you for taking my call, Q, Damon. Absolutely. I was gonna, I was gonna chime in on the. I think it was Ivan Davis that said um, that they needed to get together for something. I believe I heard that they have been trying to get a team barbecue going, but the day it was scheduled was the day they let the uh, Gruden go, and the rescheduled one was actually um, in that week of the whole rugs incident. So you know they might be a little weary of of having team things just because of the just because of that. And then I wanted to go ahead and say, um, you know, everybody's down on the team. A lot of people are calling to blow it up, and I don't think that's necessary, man. There might be some pieces we need to bring in, a couple things we need need to move around, but we we don't need to go back to that. I know any anybody who's been around this team long knows. The, the feeling of dread before every rebuild and how, how much it sucks to go through that, you know, on that, on, and then on the past, that first one that car punted, you know, he got hit, he threw off his back foot and he got hit throwing. But if you, if you watch the tape, he was taking a shot downfield to Edwards, who was going to break on an in route. And if he'd have got that off, right, he would have, you know, sneak that in before between three defenders on that one. That would have been a great pickup. You know, he was just playing some hero ball, trying to make something happen, and it is what it is. They just need to channel their inner nicotina and be <laughs> razor sharp. You know what I mean? You guys have yeah. a good one. Thank you for taking my call. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. And uh, yeah, I, I know on that first one from Carr, he got his 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 arm hit. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you, with the triple coverage that you were talking about, it could have been an a interception regardless if it had, uh, you know, hit, his, hit his arm or not. But we'll never know, obviously. It resulted in interception. The second one is the one that bothered me. Uh, you know, that's the one that, that bothered me because that was so der- un-Derek Carr-like. And, you know, he was almost twisting down to the ground. And it was just almost like a, the hell with this kind of thing. And I know he didn't say that, but it's almost like that's how it felt, at least to me. And so uh, that's why I had no problem saying, okay, man, hey, look, there's 11 minutes left in this game. I don't know if the Raiders are going to get the ball back, but, you know, just go ahead and, one, protect him because you if he goes down, you're done. You're donezo. So protect him. Go ahead and let Marcus run this thing out and, and let him, you know, do what he did. The game's already over. We're just trying to get to the media session at this point. But uh, I get it. I get it. So a good call right there, my man. I do appreciate you. And like I said, man, yesterday was the, the therapy session. Yesterday was the day where everyone gets their feelings out and, and, and says what's on their mind and then keeps it pushing. You know, you start to move forward. Uh, I thought Van McElroy, who joined the show earlier, if you missed that, make sure you go back and listen, man. We, uh, DeMond, always make sure that the podcast is up. You can check it out at lvsportsnetwork.com. And then anywhere you find your, uh, your podcast, man, just go ahead and check it out. Uh, Unnecessary Roughness, hour number one, had Van McElroy about 2.30. So if you missed that, I do think that that is a conversation 
in an interview that you should definitely listen to. I thought it was packed, action-packed with a lot of good stuff. Um, Raider Jay in Sacramento tweeted at me and said, or not tweeted at me, texted us on the Sam and Ash text line, 69187, keyword R&R. Yo, Q, watch out. HR is upstairs. So uh, he's telling me to be careful while I'm here because I don't want to get caught up in HR. Hey, man. Even if HR calls me to the office, at least I'm in the office. <laughs> you know, it's just up to me to talk my way out of trouble. So I've been known in my long life, and I'm blessed to have a long life. I've been known to talk my way out of some trouble when I get sent to the office. I'll tell you, I was a frequent visitor of the office when I was in school. I was uh, shocking, right? I was always being sent to the office. And sometimes I made it to the office. Sometimes I never even made it. Sometimes they, the, the teacher called and said, Mr. Myers is coming down to the office. And then the office called back a little bit later and said, where's Mr. Myers? <laughs> well, he's gone. <laughs> he, he, he's already, he just skipped that because he already knows what that's all about. He just skipped it and went right to detention. So sometimes I never even made it to office, but it's all good. I do appreciate you. Um, one more text and we'll take a break. Uh, Sir Whiskey Ray said, Q&D, take from us. We have no idea what we're thinking or doing. Is it okay to ask to be traded or be released? We just can't do anything right. Sincerely, Odell Beckham, Deshaun Jackson, Russell Westbrook, and Kyrie Irving. <laughs> Sir Whiskey Ray always comes up with a good one. I don't know if that's a couple whiskeys in or not, but that, he always comes up with a good one, a pretty funny text, so I do appreciate you. And uh, real quick, we had the, 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 the question earlier about a fullback added to the roster. The fullback's name I was trying to come up with that was added to the practice squad yesterday was fullback Sutton Smith. So he's uh, currently on the practice squad, and they released uh, wide receiver Gary Jennings from the practice squad. So I'm assuming at some point Sutton Smith will probably play that fullback position. Coming up next, Silverado head football coach Andy Ostalaza. He'll join us to talk all things 4A state championship game going on Thursday at Allegiant Stadium against Shadow Ridge. This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. And, well, it's time to talk some more high school football. We've done it all season long. We've done it throughout the course of the afternoon. And I uh, love this time of year. It's state championship time. And on Thursday, the 4A state championship will be crowned at Allegiant Stadium, Shadow Ridge, and the Silverado Skyhawks. And joining us now on the phone line is Skyhawks head coach Andy Ostalaza. And, Coach, congratulations on your victory Friday night versus Coronado to get your team to the stage. They are now with the opportunity to bring home a state championship uh thank you uh yeah we had some uh good playoff games and now we're uh headed for our second meeting with shadow um super tough team kind of built exactly like ours uh so it should be a pretty good game yeah it really is and it's going to be exciting again allegiance stadium it's a fantastic venue but uh let's go back to last week let's go back to the game that got you that opportunity the final score i mean it was a huge margin but uh i mean there's a point where where uh, it was a pick six that really got the the team started and got them jump started gave you that 13 to 7 halftime lead how big of a momentum shift was that pick six you had right before halftime uh, you know, that was, it was huge. Uh, it's our linebacker, Demetrius Jones. Um, uh, we were kind of stalling on offense. We weren't really doing much. Um, I think it got our kids, especially our old line motivated to push a little bit harder in the second half. Uh, and then defensively, we just kept on, 
Uh, they caught us a little early with some mental errors of our own, and that's what led to their one touchdown. And then after that, our defense uh, pretty much clamped them down for the rest of the game. And throughout the course of your season, as, you, as you've gone through it unscathed, undefeated, you've had games where it's taken a defensive play to get you kind of jump-started. How, how nice is that to be able to, to lean heavily on your defense as well to come up with a big play? Oh, you know, we got we got a bunch of playmakers. Um, we have a bunch of speed on defense, so that's led to a lot of our scores. Um, I think, you know, our, our guys have scored. I think that's our 12th touchdown this year on defense. Um, you know, there's been games like when we played uh, Sierra Vista early on. Uh, we stalled badly in the first half, and they came out with two picks for touchdowns to, to open up the game. Um, kind of kind of gets the burden off of the offense. Um and it also, you know, it ignites our kids, and they do a lot. You know, they, they respond pretty well offensively after a, a big turnover. Yeah, absolutely. It gives you a little bit extra juice when you go out there on the field. There's nothing wrong with that at all. We're talking with uh, Silverado head football coach Andy Osalaza here on Raider Nation Radio 920. And earlier this season we talked, and, and you told me how the goal is always to win a state championship, get to the, the game that you're going to be playing on, on Thursday. And Silverado is rich in tradition. Uh, how does the team feel, and what's the vibe knowing that they got the opportunity to win a state championship on Thursday? Um, you know, we've we set out our, our goals at the beginning of the year. Um, one was to win the division, um, and then and then obviously get to the state championship game, and then eventually win it. Um, that we're down to the last goal now for the team. Uh, the kids know this is they've set records all year for our school. This is the the most wins we've ever had in a season, longest winning streak, um, most points we've ever scored uh, in a season, the the least amount we've ever given up. Um, hopefully they keep playing at that same level and, and, uh, hopefully we prevail on Thursday. As a head coach, how does it feel to be able to just run off all those different, you know, stats and different records that the team has broken throughout the course of the year, as far as, you know, your, your program's, uh, history, how does it feel to be able to do that? Um, you know, with, with our kids, they, because of the pandemic, um, and they never missed, like when we started going and we knew, okay, this is most likely we're going to have a season and, and we're going to, we're going to play. There was no time off um, from the springtime all the way to the beginning of the season. And and kids didn't want that time off, which showed a lot to us that they really wanted to to win. Like they knew um, they'd missed so much time and there was no excuse for missing. Um, and they put in the time and the, and the hard work. And that's why they're in the position they're in now. When your team puts in that work and shows that dedication and that passion and that desire to get out there and do what they did and, and was able to do it all season, does that give you as a coach and your coaching staff, does that give you guys a little bit of extra juice and a little bit of extra edge as well? Well, you know, for us, as, as far as coaching and not having to worry about uh, kids being ineligible, um, Kids not showing up, mm-hmm. uh, kids missing practice. It, it's just it, it eases us, it eases our mind a lot because there's we don't have to worry about little things like that. Right. These kids have done a great job in the classroom uh, with coming to practice. Like I said especially in the spring and summer. Um, you know what I think. You know with, with with everything that happened, a lot of them have you know some of them have brothers and, and friends that lost their season last year as seniors, and I think they saw that there was no missing. 
that they they had to go through with this. No doubt about it. And coach, I was in Central Texas. I told you about that before. I was in Central Texas, and for many years, I saw state championship games played at AT and T Stadium, the home of the Cowboys. And I saw the look in the players' eyes when they walked onto that massive field, that NFL Stadium. Well, your game that you're playing on Thursday is going to be at Allegiant Stadium, a massive NFL stadium, brand new to the Vegas community. Uh, how fired up and how excited is that for your team and even you to be able to coach on those sidelines? Well, I can tell you that our kids got, uh, I want to say more motivation, but it added to last week's game, knowing that if you won, that you're going to be playing at Allegiant Stadium. Nice. Um, to know that you're going to be on the same sidelines that the, the professionals play on, uh, it's an awesome feeling for, I know it's for myself as a coach, but I, I know the kids are, are extremely excited about going out there. Yeah, and that's that's a great thing that they've accomplished and they've earned, you know, the right to go out there and play. And I'm excited for all the state championship games that are going to be played there. But, uh, yeah, just, just to have that opportunity and, and let the kids experience that, that's going to be so much fun. So so let's focus on the game now. I mean, Shadow Ridge, you mentioned it earlier, you know, it's almost like a spitting image of yourselves. How how is that more difficult to prepare for? Is that a little easier since you kind of know the ins and outs of what they like to do? No, it's like, a, you know, they're uh... – they're a ground and pound team like ours. Um, we throw the ball a little bit more than they do, but their philosophy of controlling the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball is the same as ours. Um, I have tremendous respect for, for Coach Foster and his program. Um, you know, people always <laughs> we always get the same kind of, oh, you guys are one-dimensional because um, we run the ball so much. Right. Um, but like I said, uh, to go up against a team like that, um, it's, it's, it's difficult, especially since this is the second time we're playing them. Um, and since they do run the, you know, the flex bone and they're, they're pretty good at running that triple option. Um, they've gotten a lot better since the beginning of the year. And I'm sure it's going to be a, a quite a challenge for us when you play a team like that and go up against a team i mean possessions are critical because you're not going to get as many as you're going to get against like a spread offense team you're not going to get those possessions all the time so how critical is it for you to capitalize when you do have the ball well you know for us like especially the first time we played them we you know we were we were really successful through the air with them um you know we draw balls or something we we really you know, emphasize this week, like, we just can't have them. We, we got to have them. When we're throwing, we have to come up with these big catches. Um, you know, but other than that, like I said, it's it's more of, you know, people always say you expect a low-scoring game with these guys, but, you know, when you look at their scores and what they've done, <laughs> right? there's no low-scoring with them. They they score at a, at a high rate, and they, and they score pretty quick, even though they're running the ball all the time. Right. Um, it's more of a, a challenge for us as coaches to – slow their run game down and you know we'll, we'll make it into like i said it's whose lines want to win the game more um, and hopefully our kids uh come out on top well there it is it's the old saying right you win games in the trenches that's where they're won right so uh that's what it's going to be on thursday at allegiance stadium and kickoff is around 340 and before i let you go coach i wanted to ask you if if you're able to if the if your team is able to secure the state championship what would that mean to you your team and the community um, well, it's the uh, first time uh, ever that the, the school's been in a state championship game here. Um, you know, for especially for a community as, as long as Silverado's been around, especially even for, for myself and some of our coaches who are born and raised in Las Vegas. And 
Um, most of us have spent a majority of our time in, in this area of the city. Um, would, it would be awesome uh, for the school and our community. Well, that's going to be a fun one. I guarantee it. Uh, soak it in. You know, uh, make sure that you enjoy that that time there uh, with your team, and make sure that they have a lot of fun. Because at the end of the day, that's what it's all about. Much luck to your team on, on Thursday, Coach. I appreciate you, and uh, I'll be paying attention and, and locked in at three forty. All right, thank you very much. There he goes right there. That was Silverado head football coach Andy Ostalaza. His game with Shadow Ridge Thursday, 340 is approximately the time kickoff's going to be. It's the state championship game, Allegiant Stadium. I mean, it, does, it doesn't get any better than that. You heard Coach talk about the kids were fired up knowing that they had the opportunity to play in Allegiant Stadium, and that's what it's all about at the end of the day. I've seen it many times at AT&T Stadium, and I guarantee if they continue to do this at Allegiant Stadium, folks and teams and players are going to be so excited for this time of year each and every year. But uh, many thanks to Coach Ostalaza. The game should be fantastic. And, uh, yeah, excited to be able to spend a few minutes talking with him earlier, talk to Coach Foster from, uh, from Shadow Ridge. So uh, it's going to be a good one. I'm excited about it, and I know the communities are also so excited about it. I'm also excited about being here at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center, Raiders HQ. Still got some time in today's show. Raider Nation want to hear from you. Definitely uh, hit me up, 702-365-9200, and the Salmon Ash text line, 69187, keyword R&R. This is Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio. 920. But it will be more than likely if they do lose this game here. Okay. Hey, fool me once. Shame on you. Fool me twice. Can't be fooled again. Is that how it goes? Something like that. <laughs> That's how George Bush said it. That's who you quoted? <laughs> yeah. That's who you quoted? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Out of every great quote in, yep. that you could have came up with, you decided to go with the former president. Yep. There's an old saying in Tennessee, I know it's in Texas, probably in Tennessee, that says, fool me once, shame on, shame on you. If fool me, we can't get fooled again. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. 3.45 is the time. Got about 15 minutes left on the show. Unnecessary Roughness, live from the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. Coming up next, as I just got a tweet, Vinny Bonsignor in the huddle, 4 to 6 p.m. Lincoln Kennedy will be riding shotgun with them. We definitely appreciate that, but got a tweet, said, hey, what happened to Vinny's show? Nothing. It's coming up next. <laughs> it is here. Raider Rich, appreciate you reaching out. But, yeah, 4 to 6 p.m., Vinny Bonsignor will be gracing the mic and uh, giving you his thoughts as we continue to turn the page on everything that went down on Sunday to what's going to go down on Sunday at Allegiant Stadium against the Cincinnati Bengals. I can tell you right now from a programming standpoint, uh, coming up at 3 o'clock tomorrow, Jay Morrison, who covers the Cincinnati Bengals like a glove from the Athletic, he'll join the show to give you a preview of the Cincinnati Bengals. And funny story about Jay, I've actually been talking to him for years. Uh, I've always covered the NFL really well, and I've always established a lot of really good relationships with great beat writers. And, of course, the Athletic is stacked with a bunch of really good beat writers. But Jay Morrison, even before he was with uh, the Athletic, I, I would talk to him all the time when I was in Central Texas about the Cincinnati Bengals. So I, I'm very familiar with him. And it's funny that with him coming here to Vegas uh, this upcoming weekend for this game against Cincinnati, uh, there was a group of uh, folks that are coming to town as well that are some are Cincinnati Bengals fans. Shocking, right? And some that are Raider fans. They're coming together, and they'll be here this weekend. They actually invited Jay and myself, and didn't know that me and Jay know each other, invited both of us out on a helicopter ride on Saturday. So your boy's going to get up super early. I need to go get my hair cut. 
because I always get my hair cut before a, a, a show and a game and appearance. So I got to get my hair cut on Saturday. But before I do that, I'm going to be having a helicopter ride. I'll be in a helicopter ride. And I think it's so I'm so excited about it and fired up about it. I could give you a little bit of the itinerary <laughs> if you want to know. <laughs> we're going to get picked up from the Cosmo at 7.50 a.m. on Saturday. And we're going to do a tour of the Grand Canyon, the lakes in the desert here. So anyway, we're going to be out for quite a while. And we end up back in Vegas around 11.30. So then after that, I'll get in my car and head back to uh, Cut and go get my hair cut. Which my man Mickey, by the way, goes and gets his hair cut there now. After I put him onto that that spot, so shout out to Mickey and shout out to uh, our folks that are going to take us on this helicopter ride around the Grand Canyon and back on Saturday morning. I'm looking forward to that. So that's something I'll talk about on Sunday. But uh, right here in Vegas, we got our guy Jerry. He's on the phone lines at seven two five seven zero two. Excuse me, three six five ninety two hundred. Jerry, what's on your mind? What's up, Q? How you doing today? I'm fantastic. How you doing? Not bad. Not bad. I'm doing better. I was a little upset earlier, and here's why. So I want to give a shout-out to Corey Littleton, A.J. Cole, and Darren Wallace for coming out to Nellis Air Force Base today. I worked out here on the base. They came out to visit the airmen and say hi and do sign autographs and take pictures. Unfortunately, like, the window that they were doing was only like 30 minutes, and it was like a drive-through meet-and-greet, so it was like a huge line of traffic coming from three different directions. Mm-hmm. And even though I came early, I somehow got stuck in the back, and by the time I came around the corner and started going into the street where they were doing the autographs, that our uh, public affairs office on base had shut the things down. We're starting to wrap up. Right. So I did not get a chance to go meet them, unfortunately. Um, I even tried parking real quick to see if they only run up there and say hi real quick. And I was almost there, but by the time I got to, right to the building, public affairs already started pushing them on the bus and getting them off base. So <laughs> they're like the best player on our team. I was like, he's right there. And unfortunately, did not make it. But I want to give him a shout-out and say thank you for at least taking the time out of the day and busy schedule to come out and say hello. So I appreciate that. Unfortunately, hopefully I'll get to meet him next time. Yeah, absolutely. And, Jerry, thank you for everything. We do appreciate you and a thank good you. call. And, Go ahead. And be safe on that helicopter ride this weekend. Have fun, but be safe. Yeah, no, I will. I will. That's something that I thought about, too. Like, man. <laughs> but, no, nah, it's all good. I'm excited about that. Thank you so much for the call. Uh, I do appreciate you. And I'll say this. Uh, when I was in Texas, and, I've got, of course, I got a lot of stories from Texas because, well, I spent 10 years there. Uh, I had a buddy named Phil who, who built a plane, uh, a, a very small plane. He built it and invited me out in it one day, and I hesitated for a while to do it. And then at the one point I thought, you know what, the hell with it. Why not? So we flew from Waco in this small plane from Waco to, to Houston, which, you know, if you drive, is about a three-hour drive. And we, we did that because he had, a, he had Texan season tickets. So when the Raiders played a couple seasons ago, they played the te- – no, last season – Played the Texans in Houston. That's how I got there. I got there by way of this plane, and it was awesome. It was a great flight there. We watched the game. Uh, the Raiders lost, but we watched the game. I went and did my media stuff. I covered the you know the media session following it, and then we got back in the plane and flew back to Waco, and it was incredible. What a sight. You could see all the lights. I mean, it was fantastic, but I took a couple pictures of that plane and how small it was, and people are like, you are crap. I remember Vic Tafer saw me uh, at the game. He's like, did I see you in a plane on your way here? And I thought, yep, I sure was. And some people thought it was cool, like, oh, man, a private jet. It wasn't no jet, man. <laughs> it was a small plane that my man built 
but it was it was fantastic. So I'm looking forward to this uh, this helicopter ride on Saturday morning. So I'm definitely going to uh, hold it down in a major way, and I'll, I'll be able to tell you all about it. So I'm so excited about it, so glad that they uh, invited us on that trip. So uh, that's going to happen. But thank you so much for the call. I do appreciate you. Uh, Raider J from Sacramento hit us up on the Sam and Ash text line at 69187. And uh, he had said earlier, yo, Q, watch out. HR is upstairs. And then he hit back and said, I would know. I work in HR. So there you go. Raider J from Sacramento works in HR. So he knows what's up. So I definitely appreciate that. Uh, got another text. So is 9-8 and eight good enough to make the playoffs? I don't think so. I don't think so at all. <laughs> I've, I've been saying that. What's up, my man? I've been saying that all season, all preseason, all training camp. I was talking about it when the schedule came out. I don't believe that nine wins will get you in the playoffs at all. I don't care what the AFC looks like right now. I just don't believe that because what we saw last year with the Miami Dolphins, they won 10 games. They won double digits, and they were at home during the playoffs. I think you have to win at the minimum minimum 10 games, and I think that that's a far stretch. You know what I mean? Really, you're pushing 11. I'm thinking 11 to get you into the playoffs. I don't see uh, single digits getting you in at all. And I know crazy things happen, and yes, some things could happen squirrely, but I don't I don't trust it. You know how Public Enemy back in the day said, can't trust it, oh, oh, can't trust it. Remember that? Mayor Flavor Flav, shout out to Flavor Flav. He's around here somewhere, not here, but Las Vegas somewhere. Yeah, I don't, I don't trust it. I don't trust it at all. If you get 10 wins, you're going to be hoping for help, in my opinion, just my opinion. I think you've got to at least look for 11 wins uh, to go to the playoffs. I've been saying that and said that the Raiders need to find 11 wins on their schedule to you know, guarantee, not guarantee, that's the wrong word, assure themselves a spot in the playoffs. And look, they got eight games to find six. If you want to, if you, if you want to put it in, into my conversation, you know, if you want to go to where I'm saying, they got to find six wins out of eight games. It's not easy, obviously. They squandered a couple opportunities, but I don't want to keep going backwards. But they squandered a couple opportunities to get, you know, ahead of the curve and, and, and have an opportunity to do that. But, I mean, that's just kind of how it all shakes out. That's, that's kind of what it is. Shout out to my man Mickey. Just, just hit me up on, uh, on the text message and gave me the barbershop emoji. <laughs> that's right. Mickey going to start going to my barber all the time now. I love it, man. We could talk about hair on the radio, and all of a sudden we get into great conversations about fades and where to go and all that good stuff. But, yeah, I ran into my man, Mickey. I had no idea he was going to be there. I ran into him on Saturday morning as I walked in the barbershop. I got there bright and early, about 9 o'clock, ah, probably about 9.10. I think Mickey got there about 9 o'clock. <laughs> I got there about 9.10 and saw some dude sitting in the, in the chair that I normally get, uh, get cut in. I said, wait a minute, homeboy. Why are you in the chair that I'm supposed to be in, man? How are you going to be getting your hair cut right now and I got to wait? So I might have gave Mickey too good of advice. <laughs> I gave him too good of advice. He got there a little earlier than me and I had to wait, but it's all good. I, uh, after he left, I had to size up what his haircut looked like, and I told my barber, just make, him, make me look better than he does. <laughs> no disrespect because Mickey's my guy. Love me some Mickey, man. He's a good dude. But I was like, man, I, gotta, I can't tell him where to go and then not have a haircut that looks better than his. I mean, we got to. Come on, man. We got to work on this. So, so we did. So I came out shining. But shout out to my dude, Mickey. Good dude right there. So that's going to do it for me. Going to wrap up the show. DeMond don't know about that hair, that hairstyle and, and fades and everything. DeMond be wearing hats backwards to, to the spot. But it's okay. DeMond's my homeboy, too. I love, I love hats. Ooh. What was that? Man, got a frog in my throat. I love hats. Man, it sounded like you had like five frogs in your throat. 
I know that's happened to me every once in a while, but that sounded that was bad, man. We're gonna have to hook you up. I'm gonna have to get you a water fountain next to the studio or get you a, a water bottle in the studio. As you know, everything else is frowned upon. I'm gonna have to get you I some water bottles. <laughs> I know that's right. But Vinny Bonsignor, Lincoln Kennedy, they're coming up next in the huddle, 4 to 6 p.m. Uh, Lincoln's going to break it down, and Vinny's going to have some fantastic uh, uh, questions for him. And I know Lincoln will break it down in a major way to uh, you know, get you prepared, start to turn the corner and get you prepared for this game upcoming versus Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, early kickoff, 1 o'clock at uh, Allegiant Stadium. Of course, that game could be heard on Radio Nation Radio 920. I'll be back in studio tomorrow. Myself and DeMond will hold it down 2 to 4 p.m., Enjoy the rest of your afternoon. And Vinny Bonsignor, he's on deck next. It's Radio Nation Radio 920.